it was years of like going into debt and literally grinding wheat to make four loaves of bread a week to feed my family. We were living on rice and beans. It was food storage. It was just like cans of food that we had stocked up in our garage for an emergency. And it turned out we needed it for like three years and we lived off of this. And it was, we didn't have investors, any funding, like on a whim, American Express sent us a 25K credit card. And so like, not only did we have nothing, then we suddenly had debt, but it allowed us to build the company. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and uh, oh man, how to open this podcast, guys. I I hope you're ready to just like strap in and, and be in for a really, really good episode. We've got another female entrepreneur boss woman who is not just an entrepreneur boss woman. She's just an all-around amazing human being. But I'm going to tell you about her and you're going to be like, who is this person? But uh, before I do that, it is an interview episode, as you guys know. Right now, as you're listening to this, I am somewhere around the world, probably in Hawaii, honestly. Um, We have these episodes batched out. So if you're not following along on the journey, um, go over. We started a new Instagram account, actually. It's called Josh40Travels. And the reason we did that is because my current Instagram account, Josh40, and like that's more business related and it has a lot of business content and that we noticed when we tried to post travel content on it, the engagement like just tanked. And so uh, when we started the new account, we have Josh 40 Travels. We're posting like three to four times a day on there. We're doing daily recaps of everything. We've got the drone footage. We've got six different cameras that we're bringing with us on the trip. So tons and tons of epic footage on there. Make sure you go check that out. Josh 40 Travels, the link will be down in the description. Um, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel because duh, we have amazingly super cool footage on there as well. Okay. Now it's time for the interview. I've got to bring on our next guest because, actually, let me, let me tell a story about our next guest. When I first met her, we were at the ClickFunnels viral video event where Gary Vanderchuk was the keynote, and we um, set the record for the biggest game of bubble soccer played. And after I got roasted by Gary V, I was down on the field, and I met her. Her name is Katie. And um, me being the over-enthusiastic, always wanting to provide value me just started, you know, I introduced myself and I started talking and I'm trying to like tell her all this value of like everything that we're doing and how it works and all this. I have no idea who she is or what she's done at all. So here I am thinking that I'm providing all this value and it's going to be great and all that jazz. And, um, then we go on our merry way. She was super cool. Um, she told me a little bit about what she did at the end, but then I had to run off and actually be part of the, uh, the bubble soccer event. And then like, I don't know, like a week later or something like that, I, I started, like, I see her on Facebook and I don't know, we got connected on Facebook somehow. And like, I started to like look into what she is and like, she's this amazing entrepreneur and she's in the physical product space, the product development. She's been on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. She's had a multi-million dollar business. Like she is super, super, super smart. And I just thought to myself, well, blew my shot there with her. And uh, sure enough, I did not. And we're friends. And she's awesome. Guys, without further ado, I want to bring on to you, not the man, the myth, the legend, the woman, the myth, the legend, Katie Richardson. Welcome to Think Different Theory. Josh Forty, that was such a fun intro because I haven't heard the story behind the story. Like, you're just awesome and amazing. And I love that conversation that we had out there on the field. And um, yeah. Well, I just felt like, you know, they say that if you want to learn, you should shut up, right? And I don't always take that advice because when I go to events, most of the time I'm not at events to learn. Ironically, I'm at events to network. And so for me, like I'm always trying to just over provide on value and like share all my secrets with everybody and get people to want to follow me. And then I forgot that I was at an event with massive influencers that are super way smarter than I am. And here we are today. You know, I learned a ton from you that day. I did. Good. I'm, well, I'm super glad. 
Um, thank you for being on the program. I know you're very, very busy. How have you been? I have been amazing. I'm super excited to share any, like, the reason I loved our conversation on the field is I feel like I'm just a student of life and I've never, I haven't arrived in my life, in my career, and I, I hope I never do in a way. And so, like, I love learning and I love that everybody who's listening is probably in the same field. And so let's, let's learn something amazing. Let's learn something amazing. I love that. That should be a tagline for like a school or a, a, a academy of some sort. Like, let's learn something amazing. Well, I'm super glad that, to hear that you've been doing well. I, we, we talked briefly beforehand about a lot of stuff, which I'm super excited to get into. But um, how we kind of run these conversations, and for those of you that are listening or maybe be brand new to listening, is I try to bring out a side of you that um, maybe most people don't hear. And so while, yes, we will mention and talk about your business accolades and, and your, the success that you've had, I want to talk more about the journey that you've gone through because I know for you, uh, okay. people look at you now and they see a lot of success. But I've also known you for a couple of years. I've interviewed you actually a couple of times on Facebook and I've, I've listened to your stuff. And it has not been all rainbows and butterflies uh, at all for you. So really quickly, just super, super quick, give people like a two to three minute recap of who you are and what you've done in a business, like kind of the highlight reel. And then we're gonna go yeah. and spend the next 50 minutes getting really real with everything. Okay, love this. So my education is in product design. I got a degree from BYU in product design. That's also where I met my husband in the same program. And long story short, I was a mother of two kids who wasn't happy with the existing solutions on the market. And I thought, you know what? I think maybe I could do things a little bit better. And what, have, what I thought like would just be a little dabble eventually turned into a multi-million dollar business. And yeah, that's a cool story. But even greater, Josh, is who I have become in the process and kind of the transformation that hasn't just happened in my life and my family's life, but for myself personally. And honestly, like I'm still on this journey, but I love that this is all part of the conversation. I love it. Okay. So I want to, and that was a, a great recap. So guys, and I should add, oh. I should add, I have sold my majority share in that physical products business. And now I coach other entrepreneurs in their business. I think that's super important. So do you still have any ownership in that business? I do. Oh, yeah. so you, oh, that's actually super awesome. Are you like it's, on the board of directors or are you just a silent partner? It's this like dream relationship where when the transaction happened, usually it's like a two to three year exit. It was more like three to four months for us. Wow, that's crazy. Like everyone was happy. They were super excited to be taking over, not just the US, but globally, because we've got distribution in 26 different countries. And it's like, they reach out when they need us, which is hardly ever. And so I get to just be in my zone at this point and all in with my clients. That's awesome. Who, like, did you know the person buying you out or were they an existing bigger company or like, what was the relationship oh, there? I mean, this is a whole story in itself, but the, I'll just give you the short version. There all were a right, couple right. years we knew we wanted to find a strategic partner to grow the business. And so I was having conversations with some really exceptional people and getting offers. And I just, honestly, I, in my gut, it just didn't feel like the right fit. They just mm. weren't the right partner. It wasn't the right deal. I, it just was off for me. And, and how, how, many years, how, how many years were you in business? Two at years. This point? Two years. So you were only and two years old. Oh, no, 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 sorry. For two years, I was looking for the strategic partner. Oh, okay, okay. I started, my, I started my company in 07. 07. So the company's, what, 12 years old, going on 13 years? Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, but like the monetization part didn't happen until like two and a half years in. Because, you know, that's like a fun little detail that I think everybody needs to know. Um, but yeah, Especially. I was having these conversations. Especially yes. in physical product space. Like, yeah. was, digital products is like this, this, uh, fake reality that I don't think people understand. And thankfully, and you know, most people would not be thankful for this, but for me, I'm like, thankfully it's getting harder to sell digital products. I think that it should be harder than it is. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, the market has shifted there a lot, but anyway, back to the story. Yeah. It, I mean, it took a couple of years of developing the product, prototyping, sourcing materials, manufacturing, funding, which we didn't have, but you know, you just kind of figure it out. Right, right. Right. So the actual physical product launched in 09, fall of 09. And honestly, like, I mean, we can get into the story, but um, it was an amazing ride. And I'm, I'm like on the other side of all of that. And it's great to now have a perspective where I can help entrepreneurs see what's most important because that's the thing. Like, it's so noisy. There's so many pieces. Yeah. 
to a business. Well, and so how did you find the partner? You said two years strategic, okay. or like you couldn't find it. How did you find the strategic one that you ended up going with? He was a friend who had been in the industry who had a similar company as me, but was like six years ahead of me. Mm. And we just reached out to him and said, Hey, do you know anybody who would ever be interested in investing? And by the way, like, that's a really good approach is this, we call it flanking. It's not so direct. Like, Hey, do you want to invest? It was, do you know anybody? Honestly, Josh, that's happened. That has worked for me multiple times, but anyways, that's awesome. he, said, <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, me and let's have a conversation. And so the more we talked, he, he basically, in the end, what he said was, I watched you guys come into the industry and how quickly you dominated. And I've just always been impressed with everything that you do. I just need more of it. And so mm, that's awesome. offer just kept increasing to the point where it was just an offer we couldn't refuse. And it was like, okay, this is it. This is like, we were taking an unexpected step. Like I hadn't, ex I hadn't planned on selling my company at that time, but yeah. it just, it felt like the right move. Right. Right. I, okay. So I have to ask this and I understand that this is kind of like too personal or, or you don't want to share details of it. So you reserve the right. Um, so I just recently sold my company and uh, it was interesting how the deal was actually structured because there was like four different offers or like four different ways that like we could have structured it. Like some of it was more cash up front. Some of it was more cash on the back end. Some of it wasn't even cash. Like it was assets on the back end, like, you know, different stuff. Yeah. So like yeah. when you sold it, did you just get like a huge liquid check or was it more of a rollout of everything? You know, this is a really good question and it is a very personal deal. Yeah. I will tell you that in a lot of these negotiations, what you said that like there are so many different ways to structure a deal. I tell this to my clients, like if anybody ever wants to have a conversation about investing in your company, go have the conversation because that is your education. And yeah. I had been having these conversations for years and it was interesting because people would make me a deal that novice Katie would have said, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Right. But there was this one deal where I looked at it and I'm like, he's trying to screw us. Yeah. And this is a crap deal. And it was interesting because there was somebody else on the call who was his partner. And I'm pretty sure that partner took the same deal, um, you know, a couple of years prior. And my husband was just very honest with him. And he said, honestly, I like, I don't see how this deal is works for me at all. Like it's actually not a great deal. And the gentleman was actually to his credit, he was very sincere. And he's like, look, I understand. I wouldn't take this deal either. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> it's just, I know it's so crazy. I, like the thing that I just think is so important is to always be in these conversations, you know, keep all of your information close to the chest because you don't have to share. You don't have to share hardly anything. Like you have the power in the conversation. You have the value. You created the asset. They need you. And the more that we can understand that in these conversations, the more power we bring. And I'm not talking about pushing people around. Right, right. I'm talking about understanding you, what you've created, the value of what you've created and not selling yourself short. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super important. And the one thing that like, I like that I respect about you. So like I, I have known you, but then I've heard about you and I've like heard about you from everybody else in the industry. And I think that one of the things that sets you apart and that like you're known for is that is like helping people find the clarity that they need so that they understand not only where it is that they need to go, which is what a lot of people do focus on, but also what they have and how to utilize what they have and how to make decisions based on where they're at so that they're like, hey, yeah, like you want to go here, but like a lot of people want to go there, but everybody's at a different point in their life. And so, you know, the, the startup person that only has a couple thousand dollars to their name versus the person that has, you know, a hundred thousand in liquid cash in the bank versus someone that sold a multi-million dollar company and, you know, is liquid. Like those are all different, you know, points. And I think that you do a really good job of, or at least so I've heard of, of, of helping people get through that. You know what I mean? The principles are the same. And honestly, Josh, this is how we choose to raise our kids. I'm a mother. We've got four kids, ages 15, 13, 11, and five. And really early on, me and my husband were very clear that we were not going to have a lot of rules in our home and that there was one guiding principle, if you will, and that is to love God and love your neighbor. And we want to empower our kids to know and understand how to make choices. It's really important. And, and so anytime things were, you know, out of hand, it was always coming back to that one guideline, which was, are you loving your neighbor right now? Like, are you loving your brother? Mm. And it, it, it was the same way how I 
choose to have conversations with the entrepreneurs that I work with is I'm not there to tell them what to do. This is not my business. It is their business. And I, I believe very strongly that it is a business they are co-creating with their creator, whether that's God or the universe. I'm here to help them get clarity, to quiet the noise and to really understand and listen to what those answers are. A lot of times we're just asking the wrong questions. Yeah. And if we can understand how to quiet the noise, ask powerful questions, answers come through us. And this is what I do with my entrepreneurs. I'm not giving them the answers. And it's funny because a lot of times my clients will get frustrated because they'll ask a question. They're like, and I know you're not going to tell me what to do, <laughs> but they're just, they're, they, they need that clarity. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like I, if I tell you what to do, it's not going to work. You're not going to go and do it. You're doing it because you're being compelled and told to do it. We have to understand the power of agency. And when we can discover the answer and use our agency to make a choice to go and do those things, mm. it becomes a powerful thing. Mm. How did you, like, I, I want to kind of dive into your backstory, not so much maybe on the business side of things, but like on your journey of personal development, because yeah. like you've worked with a lot of people now and you know you've you've gone through and like you know we've talked and you know some of the, the design stuff that you have and the coaching stuff that you have and like what you're doing and what you're creating and the movement that that's going around that but like i'm 25 i'll be 26 in february right after my or right the day before my patriots win their seventh super bowl i just want to put that out there for everyone that's listening all right tom brady's going to get his seventh but i'm going to be 26 years old and um i have grown so ridiculously much in the last eight months since my brother has passed away. And I have grown a lot in the last like two to three years. I recently just posted a video on Facebook of like four year ago, Josh, and like one of the first videos that I did. And it was just it was so bad, right? But more importantly, not even from a business side of things, the personal development side of things and what's important. And ironically, one of the things that I think that I've learned and that I really struggle with and that I oftentimes forget and that I have to constantly remind myself is that just because somebody grows older does not mean that they grow up and mature, right? And yeah. I tend to look at a lot of marketers, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people that I look up to in the industry and I go, oh, you're successful, right? Therefore, you must have it all figured out or not even have it all figured out. You must be more mature or far along in your life. And as I've grown up and I say this with, as much humility and, and not saying that I'm better than anybody in any way, but I've noticed that a lot of the people that I once thought like were, I don't know if good people is the right word. I think there's a lot of good people out there, but like people that really understood the what's important in life and like had really good values actually really didn't. Right. And, um, it's like, they didn't, they didn't grow personally. They only grew professionally. And that, that, I think that really is a thing. And so the, the leaders and the people that I really, really look up to and respect, the Katie Richardsons of the world, the Russell Brunsons of the world, the, you know, the, like the people that are truly out there, Steve Larson's of the world, like that are really, truly maturing in their personal life and in personal development, like every single one of them has gone through this phase of like, I don't know if like darkness or is yeah. the right terminology. Oh, but you can use darkness. That's a, yeah. that's a good word to describe it. Yeah. And like this, this, this phase of their life where it was like everything was out of control and it wasn't like they didn't have control of their daily actions. Right. But it was like, they were put in this scenario by their own choosing that they didn't realize that they were going down. And in order to yeah. come out that other side, a better person, they had to grow tremendously. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Like, could you share some of more of your personal breakthrough yes. moments and things that like you went through that ultimately led you to the person you're at today? Because like, yeah, I, I think that that's really important. And that's what I really like to learn from a lot of the guests on here. Okay. This is so good. I could talk to you all day about this. Good. But as you share, as you share this question and this perspective, there are two very distinct stories that come to mind. Um, so like I said in the beginning, I graduated with a degree in product design and like loved problem solving, specifically problem solving using my hands. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a lot of artistry that goes into what I do and it's, it's very functional artistry. And I just, I loved it. It was super fun and exciting. But at the same time, Josh, I knew that I wanted to be a mother. Mm. I saw it as a very divine calling and this gift and this responsibility, if you will, is a significant piece of my life here on earth. And so when I got married and a couple of years in, we decided to have kids. 
in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm putting this piece of me that is like artist and creative. I'm kind of putting it on the back burner. And there were these opportunities that kept dropping in my lap from really exceptional people, including global creative director at Nike was doing a side project. We had mutual friends. He saw wow. some of these things that I was making for my kids. And he said, Hey, this stuff is awesome. Can like, can you make it for me? Meaning he was like, can I take this to China and can we manufacture this together? I was like, are you mm. kidding me? Yes, this would be super exciting. Um, and, but then I began to be confronted with this question and specifically it came at a time when I was in a children's boutique just, you know, 10 minutes from my house. And I was there with my kids and keep in mind, like we're young, we don't have very big income. My husband's working a day job. I don't have any income that I'm bringing in. We've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I'm, I, I can't even afford the things in the store, but I'm at this boutique, just looking at stuff, just trying to get out of the house and be inspired. And this woman comes over to me and she is looking at a hat and blankets and shoes and even a baby carrier that I, I had designed and made all of them just out of necessity. I'd made them all on my mom's 1962 Bernina, which is such a good machine, by the way, I still have it, still use it. And, um, she was looking at it all and she said, where do you, where'd you get all this stuff? And I was really unsure of myself, Josh. I didn't have a lot of experience in the quote real world. I'd gotten a degree and I did well in school, but I didn't have any experience in the real world. And very kind of embarrassed and shy, I said, oh, you like it? I, I made it. And she said, like it, I love it. I go to all the trade shows and this is hot. I want you to make it for me and my store. And as she said this, all these walls went up of, no, you don't understand, I'm a mom. And that's really important to me. I don't have a business, I don't have a business mm. degree. I don't know anything about business. Mm. I don't wanna know anything about business. And I immediately had all these walls and she said something that was so pivotal and critical for me at that moment in my life. Mm. She grabbed me by the shoulders and she said, look, I understand that life is really busy right now, but someday these kids are going to grow up and they're going to start going to school and you're going to have more time on your hands and you will wish that you had done something with these gifts and these talents that you have. Mm. Wow. In that moment, Josh, she helped me. She transported me to the future and looked back and I felt immense regret wow, that I had not so developed that piece of myself. Mm. Wow. That's, that's powerful. I, yeah. I don't think so people, powerful. Realize, yeah. I don't think people realize how old were you at this time? Roughly. I was 26, 26. So yeah, almost where I'm at right now. And for those 26 people, and mother of two, 26 and mother of two, well, I have no kids and I'm not married, but <laughs> you know, maybe I'll, I will get there. I, I, I'm sure of it. Um, but I think that the ability to look into the future and realize regret is something yes. that people don't do or realize that they no. have the power to do. And I think that that is so cool. And like, I was actually, it's funny, I was just thinking about this this morning. Um, I'm getting ready to go on this trip, as you know, and, yes. um, you know, as all the listeners are. And I will say that I have, I mean, I have experienced my fair amount of um, failure in life, right? But I will also okay, say sure. that like I have experienced a, a fair amount of success in my life. Like, and I've been very yeah. blessed. I've worked very, very hard and I don't want to downplay that. And it's, it, it is, you know, it's there. But um, this trip, this transition, this is a really, really big move for me. If I would have yeah. stuck with my current company, waited it out another year and a half to two years, probably could have had close to a seven figure exit, right? Like there was a lot of systems. There was a lot of momentum there. And like, I have been an entrepreneur my whole life, right? And I've always identified as an entrepreneur. And then my brother died and that like all shifted. And so now like, I'm feeling like I'm at this crossroads where like, I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't. And it's always been $100 million business, exit, be rich. Yeah, woohoo, be, you know, be, be worth 24 to $50 million yeah. at four, uh, 30 or 35 yeah. years old and I'm done, right? Um, and now it's not that. And I've, it's interesting because as I looked, like I've looked ahead at this trip and like, you know, my mind is three months, seven months, you know, a year down the road from now, like looking at this and like there's this doubt of like, what if this is the wrong decision, right? Like what if I should have stuck with the company? Like what if I should have like done all this? Yes. Right? And so a yes. lot of people will go and they'll, you know, I feel like, and I'd love to know your thoughts on like, and your, and your advice on this, but a lot of people will go and they'll stop there, right? 
And yes. what I did is I just took and they it get paralyzed time. by fear. And they what do if I make the wrong choice and then they don't choose. And then they don't choose. So I've, I've yes. chosen this. I know that I'm going on this trip. It's happening whether or not I like it yeah. or not. Right. Like the tickets are bought. It's booked. I don't have a place to live. We're going. But I was afraid. And so then yeah. I sat there and I was like, OK, well, let me play out the future of the other option in my head as well. And I played out this future vision and I went back in time first to this point of being super stressed out and not really liking my life when I was in the business. Not that I hated it, but it was stressful. I don't, I don't like working with clients all the time, right? I, I can work with like yeah. three dream clients and that's it. Anything more than that, I get stressed out about. And I remember yeah. thinking like visualizing in the future, my life with a hundred clients and like everything that was going in, like involved in that. And I was like, I don't know what the future holds. I don't, but I know that me visualizing into the future, my current life path of going on a world trip and figuring out truth and what I believe, and this other path of probably having way more money in the bank in two years from now than going on a world trip would be. I visualized the two futures of those and I realized that I think that I would have more regret staying in the business and be way more unhappy than I would going and traveling and exploring here now. And so for me, like that was this ability to kind of look into the future. And so I'm curious, like when somebody faces yeah. a decision like that, and even advice for me, because, you know, I don't have it all figured out by any means. What would you say sure. to that person? Um, I, I feel like I need to answer this question with a story. Well, of course, Mr. Okay. Or Mrs. Follow Russell Brunson, like everything needs to be a story. I love it. <laughs> So for everybody who's listening now, that young mother that I was, that woman who was confronted with this question of, do we build a business? You know, I went home and I, I told my husband what this crazy woman said to me. And he said, Katie, you, she's right. You got to do something about it. Mm. And I began to give him all my excuses and reasons why that right. doesn't make sense. And we had agreed that I was going to stay home with the kids. And he was like, yeah, but you can do it and we'll find somebody else to sew it. You're not even going to sew it. And he just, he was, he was all about creating possibility. Um, but what I actually realized, like once we eliminated all my excuses, I, the truth finally presented itself. Mm. And my fear was that if I say yes to this, if I build a business, whatever level of business that is, that means I am making my family second. They are no longer a priority. Mm. And I am, I am not living my divine purpose and mission. And I was terrified of, like you said, making that wrong choice and, and then having a different kind of regret where I look back and I'm disconnected from my family. Maybe it even potentially falls apart. Wow. I, I had so many examples of that in real life, right? I would look at people who had, were entrepreneurs, had built a business, and it, it just felt like their life was in disarray. And I didn't want that. Mm. And yet consistently, Josh, I kept felt, feeling this prodding and pushing by God saying, come on, Katie, just trust me. And I was terrified because there was this conflict going on in my mind that it wasn't possible to do it all. And um, what ultimately I, I finally said to God was, okay, Clearly, you want me to do this. I am going to do this. And I have looked around for the model, the woman who is showing me that this is possible. Because right now, it's just fiction in my mind. And I was scared of, of making a giant lifelong mistake. And I said, if I'm going to do this, you have to help me create this woman. Because I don't see her. Mm, wow. And so that was the approach that I took. And I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. And there was so much darkness, so much frustration. And there's like so much in between this, but I need to kind of fast forward to this, the rest of this story. I was a year into the monetization of the company. It was so much pain and struggle. I can't underemphasize that. It was years of like going into debt and literally grinding wheat to make four loaves of bread a week to feed my family. We were living on rice and beans. It was food storage. It was just like cans of food that we had stocked up in our garage for an emergency. And it turned out we needed it for like three years and we lived off wow. of this. And it was, you know, we didn't have investors. We didn't have any funding. Um, like on a whim, American Express sent us a 25K credit card. And so like, not only did we have nothing, then we suddenly had debt, but it allowed oh, us no. to build the company. <laughs> but like, there's so much more to this story, but I want to fast forward to a year into the monetization of the company. Suddenly I have gone from being a nobody, this like mom in a garage tinkering with things to an international superstar. People are purchasing, I'm talking like, Big companies, 
the big box stores, distributors all over the world are buying my product that I invented alongside my husband, by the way, that we have created and we have both branded, messaged, um, overseen the manufacturing, done all the graphic design and distributing it all over the world. Like it's crazy what happened in such a short amount of time. And here I am a year into this, we've, we've generated over $2 million and I'm finally feeling like a superstar. It's like, hey, guess what? I'm somebody, I'm feeling like I know who I am. Right. This right. is so cool that God helped me do this and create this. And in like, there was this experience where suddenly we um, made a last minute decision to take the whole family and go live in Taiwan for a little bit. Oh, wow. So, so we're this, I'm like, now I'm this mom with a business and I'm homeschooling my kids in a tiny apartment in Taipei, Taiwan, as my husband is visiting our factories. And we get a call one day from some early stage investors who had put in a certain percentage and I won't go into all the details, but basically they said, you guys are horrible and we want to see this company burn. And it was terrifying, Josh. Um, what? I won't go into all the details. Okay, I know but it, it like, doesn't make But like, get, get, okay, you can't leave us on a cliff like that. Like give us a, a, a two minute or a two second. Well, I found out later of- that I found out later that their partnership was in the middle of splitting up because it was two men. And by the way, I'm great friends with these guys today, but their partnership was in the middle of splitting up. And even one of them personally was going through a divorce. And I feel they've never said these words to me, but I feel like a lot of it was kind of just this personal lashing out for them personally. And it was like, well, this will be a great tax write off if Pudge burns. And that was kind of, it was very cold. And actually it was like, they were telling us we were horrible, which was really hard to hear. That's crazy. And it was, it was this dichotomy of like, suddenly everyone in my industry, in the baby products industry, thinks we're amazing. Thinks everything we're doing is just groundbreaking and, and like never seen anything like it and experiencing something with our brand and our products on a really high level. And yet we have these people, um, telling us, yeah, you suck. And we want to see this thing burn. And I was devastated, Josh. And I was literally in my 300 square foot Taipei, Taiwan apartment with my kids (laughs) bouncing off the walls. And I'm curled up in the fetal position and I can't function. I can't even think. And my husband is trying to talk to me saying like, what should we say to them? What are we going to do? Our hands were tied. And we were in this position where we were stuck and we couldn't prevent them from burning the company. It was terrifying. And in that moment, I was so mad at God. I was so mad at him. He had told me to do this. Sorry, it still gets me really emotional. He had told me to do this. I trusted him. And then I felt like I was being pushed off of a cliff. It didn't make any sense. It made no sense. And there was this moment where my husband could see I I couldn't talk. I couldn't function. And he said, I'm just going to take the kids and leave. And that'll give you time to think and pray. So I did. I didn't even know what to pray for. I was just so full of hate and anger for these people that I had respected and admired. And then they were just doing something so terrifying to me and my family. Like it wasn't just impacting me. It was my family. Right. Um, it was infuriating. And I just was wanting to ask God, like, how could you do this to me? How could you push, like lead me to um, be pushed off of a cliff? It didn't make any sense. I thought he was helping me create something amazing. And um, he taught me such a beautiful lesson, Josh. Um, I won't go into the detail because sometimes these experiences are really sacred. What he told me in that moment was, Katie, you thought it was about the product. You thought it was about the brand. But you need to know that that was just a vehicle that I was helping you to create to become the woman that I created you to be. And if it's time for you to get out of that vehicle, that's okay. I showed you how to create it. I can show you how to create a new one. Mm. And it was so interesting what happened, Josh. Like in this experience, I suddenly became, I, I realized I had been so needy of the company. I'd been so needy of this brand. I'd been so needy of getting recognition and praise. And he helped me see that what he was helping me build wasn't a company it was a powerful woman. Mm. And when we went back to these entrepreneurs, these investors and said, okay, you want to burn it? Great. Here you go. It's yours. You can burn it. It was so interesting what happened in that moment. The moment we were no longer needy of it, suddenly they came chasing us again. And eventually they invested in the company again. And and like 
the rest is history. But I share that story with you because from that moment on, I had so much clarity on why I was here, why I was an entrepreneur in the first place, wow. why I was building a company. It wasn't about the products, Josh. It was about me. It was about you and each and every one of us becoming who we have already been created to be. And this, this vehicle of entrepreneurship, of business, is just a vehicle. Wow. That's insane. That's so powerful. I think people like... I have nothing more to say on it. Like, holy cow, that, like, that is incredible. And I, I do, I, I really believe that if people, I don't think most people listening right now will actually understand what you're saying. And I, I, think, know. I think that the people that get it are going to be like, wow, that was powerful, right? Like, wow, that's insane. And for those that don't get it, that's a story that's going to stick with them that when they're going through it and when they experience yes. that, they're going to look yes. back at the story and be like, oh, this is what Katie that's what was Katie was talking about. about. That's what Katie was. Oh, talking about. when she said it wasn't all about the money and it wasn't. Oh, that's. Oh, okay. That's what she meant. Yeah, that's and crazy. Don't get problem. me wrong. I'm like, I think making money is fantastic. I don't have a problem. With it. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's just when when that gets in the way of the greater purpose, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm, mm. I think that's super important to remember, and I I, I do believe that it, it uh, when you start making money of any sort, like. It is easy, as cliche as it sounds, it is easy to lose sight of that because like, I think that, I know for me, like what I did, like when I first started out in my, like my business or whatever, I was broke, right? Like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, making 400 or $540 every couple of weeks, right? Like I was pretty poor, right? And then all of a sudden you go and you like make a couple hundred grand and you're like, heck yeah, I can do anything, right? And uh, <laughs> you, you still like, you still claim that what you're doing is about the values and the purpose. And you still say that, oh, it's all about blank. But a lot of times, at least I know for me, um, your actions don't match that. And yeah. your focus doesn't match that. And when sure. your focus and where you're putting your attention and your energy does not match up with what you say it's about, it doesn't really matter what you say it's about, it's only a matter of time before that front catches up with you. And before you start totally. to realize like either A, you're going to collapse and burn, right? Or B, you need to make a serious pivot and be seriously committed to actually what you say this was about or else, you know, you are going to experience that. You know what I mean? Yes. It was this, this powerful perspective and new shift that God helped me to have through, by the way, like so much pain, so much pain. And it's not like, and then we all lived happily ever after. Right. Like right. that is just, there are still darkness and fire and struggle that I walk through even now today. But the thing that I'm continually learning is that um, God will continue to teach us these things on a whole new level. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to confront something really similar just two years ago when I sold my company suddenly, oh wait, okay, like, yeah, money's great, but who am I without this thing? This yeah, is kind nope. of, what Kidding. everybody knows. Before. Like I had to confront it again. Yeah. Gosh, so many changes. I love that. I, I want to, okay. I want to kind of shift a little bit on the, on this topic though. I'm very curious because one yes. of the things that I think stuck out and, um, and I've said this multiple times in the podcast before I, I do, I try to bring on women because I, I do believe that women is, you know, have a very powerful perspective in it. And we just recently actually had Catherine Jones on and she talked love about, Catherine. she's, she's awesome. All right. She, uh, she's okay. so, so cool. Um, and uh, shout out Catherine Jones. Um, but she talked about motherhood and entrepreneurship, right? And she yes. talked about how yes. she struggled with that same thing. She shared her story of how, you know, a boy was like, I don't believe in your ability to mother if you are, you know, an entrepreneur, right? And it was like, okay, so as a man, I don't face that question, right? And that's not yeah. something that I have to live with. Um, right. Because it's as a society as a whole, and I think this is really important. And so guys, if you're listening right now, pay attention. Don't turn it off because they're talking about girls right now. But like, I think that that is, you know, I always try to be aware of the other side. Now I am not this social justice warrior that says that just because it's different than a man automatically makes it wrong or that we need to do something about it. Right. I simply am just aware of that. Right. And I look at it and go, do we need to change something? Does something need to happen here? Do we need to have a conversation about this? Yes or no. If the answer is yes. Then let's go down that path. If the answer is no, then move on. But I look at this and I go, society as a whole says man provides for the family, right? Like 
pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, that's, I, I mean, it comes from, I think like, you know, the old Testament biblical things of like the man was, you know, around whatever, but like modern day, there's nothing wrong with. And I think that there's a huge place for women in, in business and in, in leadership. So like, how has that affected you? Yeah. And what, what is your advice for maybe women that are facing that? Like, I know you just shared kind of your yes. personal journey, but like, that's yeah. a, a, that is a really, really big thing that a, a lot of stuff that I've run into, like as a guy, it's like, yes, you're going to go be a business owner and you're going to be a great father, right? It's like, you can be both. There's not yeah. a problem with that, right? It's just kind of expected. Whereas a woman, it's almost like, yeah. like you said, if you are a business owner, it's like you have to give up your dreams of being a good mother as well, or a good parent as well. And it's frowned upon. So like, how have you dealt with that? How is more specifically, like, how has that affected you? And what advice would you have for other women? Okay, such a good question. And I, I love your openness about how that's not something that you've had to struggle yeah. with. Never thought about it. right? Oh, like, like, I feel like just culturally, and even within my own faith and religion, that was the tradition is the woman stayed home. And I grew up in a beautiful home where that's my mom was around. She taught me so many amazing things. She was an artist and a painter and a craftswoman and cooking from scratch and just like sewing. I mean, she, she can do it all. She's amazing. Yeah. And what I, what I continually, cause as this, it's not like I just confronted this once and then I got over it <laughs> because you see it everywhere Don't around we all you. Wish? Man, always, be so nice. <laughs> I, I was just constantly having to be confronted with this reality of guess what, Katie, you're going against the norm. And I'm like, I'm a really good person. And a lot of times that equals I'm a rule follower. I was a rule follower for a lot in my life. Mm. And I always wanted to stay within the boundaries of following the rules. And I was afraid to break rules. I was a really good student. I never got in trouble. I didn't get in trouble at home. Mm. And so for me to step out and do this kind of thing, I was being in my mind like this rebel. And I was breaking the rules and it scared me, Josh, it did. And in like a really eternal way, it scared me. Wow. And the, the thing that I started to see is that things have been the way they've been for so like hundreds and thousands of years, because that is where civilization was, was at. Like we didn't have the tools that you and I have today. We didn't right. have a like, a globally connected device in our pocket that we can literally use with the touch of our finger. Yeah. Can you think about the amazingness of the time that we live in? Right. And I just, I feel like we live in a, in a, the most amazing time in the history of the world Absolutely. where specifically women and mothers no longer have to live within that world of constraint where you cannot have influence outside your home. It was just the reality for so long. Right. If a woman was going to have influence outside of her home, that meant she was gone away from home traveling. And by the way, I travel all the time and I'm out of my home a lot. But what I, what I started to understand was who am I when I am home with my family? Am I present with my kids? Do they know me on a really deep level? Do I know them? Am I tucking them in at night? When I drive them to school in the morning, are we talking about like, how are you? Or am I just nagging them? And it, it then became more about quality than quantity. And this is how I choose to view my role and responsibility as a mother and even my role and responsibility as a coach and an entrepreneur in this world is who am I being in this conversation? Mm. How am I showing up to our relationship? When I am with you, am I being really present with you or is my mind somewhere else? And I'm just a frantic, chaotic mess. Hmm. So the thing that I would say to a woman who's maybe struggling with this herself, I would tell you, we live in a different time. We live in the most amazing time in the history of the world. Hmm. There is something inside of you right now that is dying to get out. And I believe very strongly that it is your creator who put that desire and that purpose inside of you. And it is our responsibility to exercise our agency and choose to go and pursue and grow and develop those pieces of us. No man has ever been forced into heaven, Josh. God doesn't force us into doing anything. He gives us opportunities. He prompts us. He nudges us. But we have to, in the end, choose. And that is what I did early on, and I continue to do today. And there are so many things in my life that make me question and bring back that old operating system and the, those old beliefs of, I don't know, Katie, is this proof that, 
that building a business was a good idea. And it's so amazing how I have learned, I learned very early on to make, to not compartmentalize my role and responsibility as a mother and in my business. I was consulting my seven-year-old on really, really big questions. And it was amazing to me how much wisdom would pour out of this young, un, unfiltered mind that wasn't getting emotionally involved in the, in the outcome of the decisions I was trying to make. Right. And the, there were times when I was, I knew I needed to make a different one decision, but I was afraid to. And I would have a conversation with them and just like my oldest son is Walker. I would say, Walker, this is what I'm trying to figure out right now. I'm just curious. What, what are your thoughts on this? And he would ask a couple questions. Seven. He was seven at the time. I remember this. He would ask a couple questions and he would say, I don't think that's a good deal for you, mom. I was like, dang it. He's right. That's <laughs> and so he was right. crazy. That's so crazy. And I really feel like if I can view my business as a vehicle for my whole family, not just me, but my whole family, it has brought so many amazing opportunities that if I was just staying home, and by the way, like no shame to any woman who that, like that's your calling. Awesome. Do that. Yeah. yeah. I just, it became so clear to me that God was asking me to do something that and more. And I just, I had to finally say yes to it over and over and over again. Yeah. I think that's super, super important. And I, I love that. One of the things that you said there that I want to kind of dive down a little bit further on, you know, I have a question about is like, you talked about uh, you're breaking the rules and it scared you a little bit, but it scared you oh, yeah. at an eternal level. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think, so that's one of the things that I grew up pretty opposite of you in the sense of I was a rebel. Oh my gosh. I was in trouble <laughs> all the time. Right. Like I was, uh, I, and like a lot of it wasn't like on purpose. Right. It's not like I had ill intent to go get in trouble all the time. I didn't like being in trouble. You were a young boy. But, right, exactly. But like, yeah. I was just this high energy, mischievous, like, well, why don't, well, you said I can't do that. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go yeah. do it anyway. Um, and so like, for me, one of the things that I dealt with growing up was after I kind of matured and realized that, okay, like not all rules are wrong, right? Like not all rules are bad. Some, like some boundaries are there and like some things are a good idea for a reason. And then I started looking at, okay, and like studying the Bible more and studying like spirituality. I started asking myself this question of like, oh, like very, very specifically the topic of polarizing points in conversations. I am a pretty polarizing person, right? But there was a, a time not too long ago, actually. I mean, within the last two years where I really toned down and still I'm a lot more toned down than I used to be polarizing statements and comments because I feared, you know, the verse in the Bible that's like, hey, leaders are going to be judged that much more. Like, I was like, man, I'm making these big polarizing statements. Like, are these going to have eternal effects on my, you know, my faith and all that? Like, so I get that. How did you work through that? And like, what did you, like, what gave you permission and what in your spiritual journey gave you permission to say, okay, like, I am following God. I am, you know, on this journey. And yes, I'm going to break the rules or the norms of society, but that doesn't yeah. mean I'm a bad person doomed to hell. Okay. I have two answers to this. Kind of the first surface answer to this question is I started to notice a distinction between truth as in like doctrinal truth and cultural truth or like rules, if you will. Okay. I, I began to see that distinction and I just was diving more and more into the scriptures and just trying to connect with God specifically and not say, what are my neighbors doing? And what are the people at church doing? What do they think is acceptable? I, I just started more and more training myself to go straight to God and ask him. And so you're um, saying that's more of the not comparing to your neighbors and friends or whatever you're saying that would I think be there's a lot that truth. yes i think there is a lot of quote rules that our culture and our society have kind of contrived and created but aren't actually in alignment with necessarily god right okay and his truth and so my quest has always been well i want to know your truth like god I want your, like, I want God's truth, not my neighbor's truth. <laughs> yep. And so that kind of leads me into the second thing is I feel like we all have gifts and talents and I didn't know how to articulate it for a long time. But I think one of my gifts is I can feel when I am out of alignment with God. And mm. so there would be times when 
culture or society rules and norms would tell me I needed to do something. But I felt fragmented inside. Mm. As I would just imagine going in that direction and doing that thing, it, it fell off. It didn't feel right. And I just am somebody who, again, I'm honest, I'm true. Like, and I didn't, I didn't even have the words to describe it in this way that I'm describing it to you now. I just, I like being in alignment. And when somebody is telling me to go do something or be someone that makes me feel fragmented and out of alignment, I can't do that. Mm. I don't know how to do that. All I know how to do is be in a place of peace and centeredness and connected with God. I know how to do that. I like that. That's my fun, happy place. And by the way, like, I love to have fun. That is my fun, happy place is being connected and aligned with God. And so I feel like, you know, as I look back over the 12 plus, I mean, honestly, my whole life, let's, let's look at my whole life. I feel like that's what, that is what he has been constantly teaching me is, Hey, Katie, notice when you're in alignment with me. Okay. Now, when you're in that place, I need you to take action and trust me. And that is what I'm constantly doing, Josh is, and that's how I make my decisions is from that place of alignment with the greatest master creator. Hmm, that's super, super cool. And I love that. And I think that the the what you said there about cultural versus doctrinal truth is, I mean, you basically perfectly described what I'm after right now, especially on this trip. And I, and I love how you put that there. Because um, one of the things that I said multiple times is I want to know universal truth, right? So like, I want to know yeah. what's true in America and in, and in, you know, Australia and in Thailand and in the Philippines and in London, you know, what I mean, like, I want to know what is absolute core truth around the entire world and the entire universe and like base God off of that and go, okay, like this is what God says around the globe. And I want to focus on that because I think one of the biggest problems in our society today, and if, you know, I am someone that quite frankly, I wish I wasn't this way, but you know, I am very passionate about it and I love it. I, I am really passionate about cultural issues and, and, you know, social issues and like things like that. I, I do think that like, I gotta be like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm here. I'm, I say this and you know, I'm, I'm smart, right? Like I know how to work through problems and yeah. I know how to th- look at things very logically. And I'm like, ah, I guess I have to go in. I have to deal with social issues, right? Like I, I just feel called in that way. And in order for me to deal with social issues, I have to go and understand what is true. And I'm like, okay, like I've got to look at facts. I've got to look at truth. And I think that the reason America is so messed up in the way that it is today, and there's so many problems with society as a whole, is because we are looking at truth from a very cultural, like, oh, our societal neighbors think this, or social justice warrior Sally or Jim down the street think such and such a way. So we should, you know, do to that rather than looking at truth and facts. And so I love what you say about that. When, yeah. you, when you go in and you know you talk about, I, I'm an empath. I feel a lot, and I, you know, you feel a lot. It's like when you're out of alignment with things, you know it. And one of the things about me, when I'm in alignment, I'm dealing with social issues. And I, like I said, I, I wish I could be the entrepreneur that just didn't care and just like could grind and hustle. But that is not who I am, right? Like I care yeah. so deeply about making an impact and a difference that I do have to go through the process of really looking back into the truth and the source of things. So uh, I really appreciate what you have to say there. Yes. And to like, just expound on this, I think so often society values ideas and thoughts and principles that come from our thoughts, our mind, right? We value uh, kind of the, the mind's intelligence. And I think what we need in today's world is people who understand on a greater level, their heart's intelligence. Mm-hmm. There is a greater power speaking to all of us constantly. And if we, if we try to access and connect with that in just our mind, we will come up short every time. Does that mean we don't use our mind? No. In fact, I feel like the, the, greatest, uh, the greatest connection is by understanding how to use both our mind and our heart. And I feel like God can speak to us in both places. Mm. But it is a, it is a grave mistake mm. to only live in our head. And I will tell you, especially very early on in my entrepreneurial career, I, th- like, I was trying to do just that. I was trying to come out of my head. I mean, I didn't think of it that way at the time, but I was trying to make sure I looked a certain way and that people thought I was a real businesswoman. And I was terrified that people were going to find out I wasn't a real quote, real businesswoman. And I needed to say and present myself a certain way in order for them to take me seriously. And I have just learned over and over again that I just stop overthinking things. And if we can come from 
a place of power from our heart and, and speak our truth. This, this is how God taught me how to give a powerful presentation to target that, that like coming from that place is how I learned how to do powerful negotiations. This is how I learned how to set up an international contract. Like if we know and we understand how to come from this place, then everything else, like it's not as big of a deal as we like to make it out to be. That's super, super cool. Katie, this has been absolutely amazing. I, I, we're running short on time and I, we have rapid fire questions at the end. There is one yeah. more topic or quick, just kind of, I want to okay. hear your thoughts on something. I actually posted about it on Facebook this morning okay. and um, it has to do with the, the concept of awards. And I think that this is actually a really good transition into it because you talked about like, hey, I have to present myself a certain way or I have to be myself a certain way. And I think that you know, while I 100% believe that we all need to just be genuinely ourselves, that um, you know, sometimes the fact that we do care about those things isn't always necessarily a bad thing, right? And I think that you would probably agree yeah. with that, like that you should yeah. have a level of professionalism. But I made a post on Facebook this morning that basically said, um, I think that not all of, but a lot of awards are a, basically a vanity metric and that they, are, uh, they don't actually get awarded to the people that deserve them because the people that deserve them are not chasing them. And that, yes. um, you know, and not always, right? But like a, a lot mm-hmm. of the times that, that there are, and that a lot of times awards are more created for the person that's giving out the award than actually the person that's receiving the award, right? Like to keep the attention (laughs) on them and, you know, in society or whatnot. And so I'm curious to know your thoughts on awards kind of in general. Like, I understand that in today's society, like social proof and credibility and like a lot of like PR and like, you know, awards, accolades, they go a long way into proving yourself. But like how... Like, do you believe that just being ridiculously good at what you do and your craft and just being committed to your craft can make up for not having tons and tons of awards, especially at the beginning of like what you're doing? My altruistic view would have to say absolutely yes. But at the same time, I feel like awards have their place, right? We're human beings. We need a motivation, something to drive us. After I had my third and I wanted to kind of get back into shape, I signed up for some triathlons and I wanted to be like a high finisher in this triathlon. And that was motivation. It got me out of bed at 5 a.m. and it got me running and riding my bike and swimming. So I I don't think the award itself is bad. The award is not bad. I think there's nothing wrong with awards. I think when we feel like Achieving this award is now going to meet. Now I'm somebody. Now I'm somebody important. Now people will respect me. Now I'll like myself. That's a problem. Mm. And I feel like I will tell you, I remember the morning that I knew the Ellen show was going to air. And she was, Ellen herself was like showing my product and demonstrating it and giving it to an audience. And I remember on the run that morning, I was like, my life is about to change. And I was just, I couldn't wait for it to happen. And let me tell you, it was amazing. Like our website crashed four times in all the best way, right? Like our servers just couldn't handle the amount of traffic. It was really great. But when the dust settled, Josh, I was the same woman. My business, it was like still, you know, really similar. And the same is true when I was on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. At at that point, I was like, okay, this is going to be the thing. And I'm finally going to feel like I've arrived. And it was the same thing. It was like, eh. Yeah, I was on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. Like, big whoop. Yeah. So I guess the, the, the crux of this is it's, it's the intention behind the award. For, from us personally, like when I'm re- receiving a, an award, what is my intention? Is it to give glory to myself and like, right. hey, everybody, look at me? Or is it to turn everybody and point everybody to the greater creator, uh, God or the universe? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that answer a lot. I appreciate you taking the time to explain that. Okay, um, I do want to get to rapid fire questions. Why we still have yeah. some time here? Um, basically, what yeah. we do is we kind of transition over to I ask like yeah three, four, five quick rapid fire questions, and then we wrap up the entire interview with uh, one question that I ask every single person that we've interviewed. Um, but before we do that, I want to give you the opportunity. Um, where can people find out more about you and follow more, consume more of your content, learn more about what you have to offer? Yeah, you can go to katierichardson.com and I've got a really great free audio download where I talk about making your wildest dreams come true and I'm not being silly when I say that because 
everything that has happened in my life since I said yes to that businesswoman who insisted I make product. Like it, it just over and over again, it's my wildest dreams coming true. And so I give people the formula that I use in my life in this whole life creation process. So you can go there. You can also follow me on Instagram. It's Katie, K-A-T-I-E dot live, L-I-V-E. And um, yeah, send me a message. I love to connect with people. Yeah, guys, I can attest to that. Katie is absolutely awesome. Um, Instagram, katie.richardson and then uh, katierichardson.com or I'm sorry, katie.live. Katie.live, not Katie.richardson. Katie.live on Instagram. We'll link that below. And then katierichardson.com. We'll link those below in the description as well. Uh, Go check her out. Katie is awesome. And she's someone that you should know. Seriously. Okay. um, Rapid fire questions. Who is the coolest person that you've ever got to meet before? My husband. Your husband. He is amazing. He's brilliant. That's awesome. Well, I like that answer. People think I'm pretty awesome and he's amazing. He is awesome. I have met him. I don't know him nearly as well as I know you, but uh, cool that. All right, let me rephrase that question because I love that answer, but I want a cool. I, I want the celebrity answer. Well, who's the coolest, like, famous person for you that, like, you like geeked out when you got to meet them? Was that Ellen or like who was that? Oh, Josh, I don't even know. I, maybe I'm too grounded. Like, <laughs> I just, I just watched a documentary on this amazing fine artist, and hearing his story was just. I, fe- I feel like a child at the feet of a master. I just, I, I love people. You, Josh, Josh Forty, you are the most amazing person ever. And I'm serious. Well, I, I mean, just, that's cool. I, I, love agree. People. <laughs> I love people. I appreciate that. And I love people too. And, and I like that answer. Um, I, I do, one of the things that I want to do someday is I want to be on El- the Ellen show. Not, not what, like, as you said, it's <laughs> not like it's going to change my life, but um, I think that Ellen it's has been- fun. I can imagine, right? Like, it's got to be so cool. Like, (laughs) she has been such a a pillar of our society, right? Like, she has done so much to shape society. She is. She's amazing. And I, and I, you know, obviously, like, we we have obvious disagreements from maybe a moral or religious standpoint, but at the same time, like, I loved her recent. I I don't know if you just saw her response to the whole George Bush uh, thing. Did you see that? Like. her and that and she's so cool like i saw that and i was like yeah. how can you disagree with that that's absolutely incredible and democrat republican whoever you are I, I i want to meet ellen i want to be on her show um her and i want to meet taylor swift i mean those are like the two that i'm just like <laughs> gotta meet those two before their career is over okay um are you a car person at all or are you more of a house person or like what's your like huh yeah. okay so like you pick tell me car or house what is your dream car or what does your dream house look like uh oh gosh my dream car isn't going to be as fancy as everyone thinks it's just a range rover i love i love Mm. range rovers i love their simplicity and the utilitarian approach to their design and it's very strips down and minimalistic yeah i have a lot of friends that have range rovers i know rachel peterson has one but also like my aunt drives one and like i i've seen a lot of them i very much like range rovers because i feel like they're this classy like you said simplistic thing that it's like you're not really showing off but it's still nice and it's still luxurious and yeah and, and that way. i should qualify i myself don't even have one i drive a, a minivan and a mini cooper <laughs> oh you have a mini cooper is that a, like a super yeah. fun car to drive it is ridiculously fun it's the john cooper works sport and it is so fun i bet i want to drive that if we ever hang out and you bring that i I dibs i I want to drive (laughs) i want to give it a tour so okay okay uh bucket list item that you have not done yet in your life that you want to do um well we're talking about i shouldn't tell you this i don't know i just want to live all over the world i do we've lived in the u.s for a really long time and we're talking about going to live outside of the u.s with our family that'll be super super fun Okay. Yeah. Uh, would, would you ever, I, I just interviewed uh, Dave Woodward, um, who is on here and he okay. said that he's so cool. Shout out Dave Woodward. Um, but, uh, he said that a bucket list item that he would want to do would be to go to the moon or at least out into outer space. If you ever had the opportunity, would you go to outer space? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? It would be one of those experiences that would, cause here's the thing, like everything that we're doing in our life is just, we're just trying to get a better perspective what greater perspective than then to be off of the planet that you feel so attached to and suddenly like so vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be super cool. All right. 
Katie, we have one last question for you. And then we ask this question to every single person that comes on the podcast. Uh, and we end every podcast with it. And that question is, I want you to fast forward, visualize into the future, like we talked about. Uh, fast forward into the future, you're on your deathbed and everything that you've done in life, everything is gone. All your accomplishments, awards, money, fame, everything's gone, right? No Ellen show. Nobody's ever known that you were on Ellen. Sad day. Um, but every single person that you touched, either directly or indirectly, which would be a pretty big audience for you, uh, you get to leave them with one final message or word of wisdom. What would that message be? That there is something divine already inside of you. And when we learn how to push out the noise of the world and, and connect ourselves with the grand creator, that we begin to see our own light. And the beautiful thing is when we can see and understand our own light, we then begin to see it in other people. Mm. And we reflect that light around the world. I, like that is my dream to be a light in the world. Mm, that's awesome. Katie, thank you so much for your time. This was absolutely phenomenal. I cannot wait for this episode to air. Um, and for those of you that are listening, guys, it's truly a treat. So Katie, thank you so much for coming on. Josh, thank you so much. And I can't wait for people to reach out and connect with me. Yes, it's going to be super fun. Guys, reach out and connect to her. She's basically begging you to do it. She wants to connect with you. She's absolutely awesome. Guys, this has been Think Different Theory with Josh Wardy and Katie Richardson. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because that is what free thinkers do. We think different. We do it different. We see things different. And that is how we're going to change the world. Do not forget, we're going around the world right now. Like literally, I'm on a world trip right now somewhere. So, you know, Instagram at Josh Forty Travels, YouTube uh, will be down below. Click them both. Go follow, go subscribe. We'd love to see you around there. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. And I will see you guys on the next episode. I love you all. See you soon. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.